We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perich, joined as always by Dusty Evely and no, oh, no, we have no Sarah this week. Oh. No Sarah out on the IR uh, due to work complications. So wishing her the best. Uh, mm-hmm. We know she'll be uh, tuning in tomorrow, and you know, real world is a is a bitch, Sarah. So you're now uh, now you're welcome to it, and you're you're an adult officially. I think so. No more uh, no more goldfish and juice boxes for her. Sad no, she's no, day. she's still got those tonight. It's a late work night. Work night. What else is she going to this is true. That's her. That's her go-to snack when she gets home. When she gets home and cries into like, just cries into the saltiness of the uh, crackers and yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's about right. Throw on a little Paw Patrol. You know, that's a good way to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that good. That's good. I like that one. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, we haven't seen you for a couple of weeks, so we missed you. Glad to have you back. Uh, I was gonna say good happy to talk a little football which we're gonna attempt to do even though nothing's going on but yeah man doing uh doing good overall we're talking about earlier it was it's burger week this week in, in lexington so i got to have a good burger today and i feel good and bad about myself um so yeah good 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 day overall good day nice nice yeah i'm pretty i'm doing pretty good uh i took a couple weeks off there but uh was able to kind of recombobulate get myself back together and did a little something for myself over the weekend and went uh, hiking at Devil's Lake in Wisconsin. So that was really cool. Nice. And just, uh, yeah, hiked around a whole lake by myself, which is something that, if you know me, is not something I do often. So uh, awesome. so that was pretty cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So, but yeah, let's, uh, we were going to try to get into like NFL news because Nikhil Harry got traded to the Bears, but we don't really care all that much. Um, I don't know, man. Like, we, we've been scared. We've been scouring the the internet. We've been trying to find something to talk about, but with Sarah being out too, we just kind of like, you know what? Let's uh, let's knock on wood and and try to keep this as a short episode, which means forty five minutes from now, you will will probably be wrapping this thing up. But we yeah. got some pretty good questions, we think, from Twitter, so we're just going to start there and and uh, run through this kind of stuff and see what you guys what you guys have to think. So. First question, uh, our good buddy Aaron Alice, uh, she wants to know, she would love to know what heartbreaking moment in Packers history each of you identifies with. Now, there's a little bit of a backstory here, Dusty. You want to explain that to us? Yeah, she put this out uh, to the timeline yesterday, and it just, I, 
you know, people fish for engagement and this is like just fishing for misery. This is just Aaron putting this out there like, hey, relive your worst moment with me. Uh, and so I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and Gage, uh, who is a part of Pack a Day and he's, I've guest hosted with him before, great guy. He put the idea in our head to just ask the question today for the podcast. I want to put out the questions today uh, because then I can't say no. Well, hey, guess what? I sure can. I sure can, guys. Hey, Steve, I'm going to mute myself. Why don't you tell your moment? Uh, just as an ultimate sign, since you're not even going to answer it, I will just do a cop-out answer and really do a little slap in the face for Aaron and just say the uh, 2014 championship game. How about that? That'll do it. That, that one can't hurt me anymore, but that'll do it. Oh, no, it still hurts. That one still hurts. But... Uh, but we love you, Aaron. Thanks for the question. Appreciate it. Maybe next time we'll uh, we'll give you a full Thanks, answer. <laughs> uh, okay. Next question we've got from Constantine. Will the Green Bay Packers add a wide receiver and who? So, Dusty, I think we have the same idea on this one. So, why don't you go ahead and answer? Julio. We don't know if they will, um, but that's the guy that's out there. That seems like if he's got something to tank, when he was healthy last year, he showed some stuff. So, yeah, I know there's, you know, opportunity costs and all that stuff. And well, if he's out there and other guy is, I know there's certain things he's not going to do in special teams and blocking and blah, blah, blah. But if Julio's out there and if Julio's 80% of what he could be, uh, then that's a game changer in the receiver room that they that they could desperately use. So, yeah, I think we're both on the same side here. Let's just, let's just, we're out of the comp pick stuff, man. Let's just, just sign Julio so bring we can all have a good night's sleep and get over. Just bring him in. Just see what couple he's got. Mil, couple of mil and make it happen. Yeah, let's just, what are we waiting for at this point, guys? Next question, Brennan Rupp. Which rookie will provide the most impact this season? Hey, yeah, Brennan's great. We love Brennan. Um, I, I want to say Christian Watson uh, because I love Christian Watson, but I think the, the easy answer is Devontae Wyatt, I think, just because of, you know, I think uh, I've mentioned before, but I think uh, linebackers will struggle. So Quay Walker, I don't anticipate hitting the ground running. I think Wyatt from day one is going to be a difference maker. Stick him in the middle. I know they, you know, Packers, for all the improvements, it seemed like they made on defense. They're up and down. I think they were 22nd overall uh, defensive DVOA last year and 28th against the run. Sticking Wyatt in the middle next to Kenny Clark, along with like Jaron Reed and stuff there, I think makes them much stouter against the run, which opens up other stuff. So I think just as far as a plug-and-play guy, day one, Devontae Wyatt, I think makes the most sense as far as contributor difference maker. And I don't know why I think this like is probably a foolish answer. Maybe it's just my like thinking with my heart, but uh, wide receiver from the fourth round, that's, that's Romeo Dobbs, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Like, I feel like that's the answer. Like, I feel like Christian Watson's going to have so much focus on him, uh, especially since the wide receiver room is so thin at that level that he's the guy that's going to make like those big MBS impact plays of like going over the top and taking the top off the offense. And I think um, for whatever reason, like it's just my gut feeling that he's going to build that relationship with Aaron Rodgers quickly on the deep ball. And that's going to be one of the biggest impacts. Um, so We'll well, and I think stru structurally speaking as well, in terms of like how it plays into their strengths, Watson makes a lot of sense on the jet sweep stuff, the bubble stuff. I've talked about that before. When you're not giving him the ball, you're kind of burning him. And so you're just kind of you're running him, and he either gets the ball or he doesn't. If he doesn't, he sits in the flat. But you still need that speed store over the top. And so there's certainly, I think, I think as far as go balls go, just that guy running fast that could potentially take the top off. I think Dubs probably gets, especially early in the season, I think Dubs gets that opportunity to do that more yeah. than Watson just because I think Watson, they're going to try to use more. So I, if, if it happens, Steve, if it happens, I'll be very, very happy. 
Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then I could be like, hey, remember that one time that I predicted that I was right? And, I, and you and guys will never, no. you, no. you'd never hear the end of it, and then you'd still <laughs> deny it. So yeah, just erase the podcast, Andy. Just get rid of that. <laughs> that one never happened. That one never yeah, happened. Never that sucks, man. Uh, okay, our next question is from a name I can't pronounce, and it's at Ann5Fur. <clears throat> uh, question about possible early season scenario. What is your take on how struggling offense affects good defense and vice versa? In my opinion, a good defense doesn't really affect a struggling offense, i.e. the Panthers last year, unlike how a struggling offense makes the life of a defense way harder. It's, I mean, it's all, it's, it's, the question is based essentially in, in field position, right? Because it's, it's just, and I guess where I look at this, because his first point is good defense doesn't really affect a struggling offense. And he says the Panthers, the Panthers had, I mean, Darnold was, I think the worst quarterback in the league last year and has been for the past three years. Um, so the Panthers were not a struggling offense. The, the Panthers are a inept offense who got better with Baker. Maybe like they're just rolling dice and trying to find a quarterback at this point. So whatever, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be, but um, I think if you have like a struggling offense, Maybe, but even a struggling offense, if that if the defense is good and the defense is giving the uh, the offense shorter fields, uh, like even a struggling offense is going to move the ball. And so I do think uh, I think the struggling uh, struggling offense makes a lot for the defense harder. I do believe that, but I think a good defense can help uh, an offense. I mean, if you're starting, it, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but if you're starting with the ball at the 39 as opposed to the 29. Um, uh, on your own side of the field, that makes a huge difference. That's a whole first down. You don't have to pick up. Like you can, you're closer to points. You're closer to a field goal attempt. You're, you hit, there's fewer mistakes, um, fewer mistakes you can make along the way to try to score points, I guess, is, is the way that I kind of look at it. So uh, I think, I think it probably is true that a struggling offense makes the defense harder, but I do think a good defense, like a very good defense, uh, even if the offense is struggling a little bit, I think, I think does help them um, more, more than it seems like this is positing here. But that's, I don't know, I may have, may have gotten a little too far off track there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. No, I mean, I think I followed you there. It's, I mean, pretty much any point that I had that you pretty much brought up. So that wasn't really a question for me anyway. That's more, it felt like more of a dusty question anyway. So I'm glad that you, you took the reins on that one. 
Next up, the we've got Then Atlas Spoke. How many times were both Jones and Dylan on the field at the same time last season? Also, is that a young Jenna Fisher in the GIF? So he is speaking of your GIF when he asked for questions, and absolutely not. That is not Jenna Fisher. I don't know who it is, but that is not Jenna Fisher. Yeah, no, the GIF I used was from Billy Madison because I used the REO Speedwagon line, and I just remembered, oh, Billy Madison's wearing an REO Speedwagon shirt. I'm going to throw that in there. Um so to get to the point, how many times were Jones and Dylan on the field? Uh, so the actual numbers of Jones and Dylan themselves, I don't have those. What I do have is the usage of 21 personnel. So I looked at this not long ago. So 21 personnel is typically where they run their pony package. So that would be two running backs, one tight end, two wide receivers. Um, and in 2020, that all, they had some good luck with that. They ran that 14% of the time in 2020, uh, which is 157 total snaps. So it was 2020, 14% of the time, 157 t- total snaps. 2021, they ran it 2% of the time, 27 total snaps. So if you're looking at a per-game basis, in 2020, they ran that package out there 9 to 10 times per game. This past season, 1 to 2 times per game. And there's a difference for that. There's a reason for that, I believe. You want to have – you need to have a third running back that you trust that can run the ball if you need him to and also help him pass pro if you need to because if you have both running backs out there for a lot – uh, then they get tired and you need to run your third running back out there on say a third down or something. We need a pass pro. You need to be able to trust a guy like that. They had Kylan Hill last year until he blew out his knee and then they had Patrick Taylor. Neither guy they really trusted that much. So I think depending on who they bring in, depending on who RB3 is this year, if that's maybe Patrick Taylor uh, because they he played more last year, they got more snaps last year, or if it's Kylan Hill because they liked his development until the, the knee blew out, I'm not sure. But I think you, they want – I don't know if you need, they want a reliable running back three, I think, to be able to run that. And so I I, I expect, I mean, I just think without Devontae, you're going to have to get more creative anyway with that room. So I expect an uptick of, of that in 2022. But yeah, tw- they, 27 total times uh, in, in 2021, which is just for as, as good as they ran uh, that with in 2020, that was uh, kind of shocking when I saw that. Next question, we've got Jacob Lewick. If you could add one animal onto the Packers roster, that would that would uh, what would you choose, and what position would it play? So, an animal to the roster. I just talked about Devontae Wyatt. If you stick a grizzly bear there, a defensive tackle, and you're rolling on a line with with Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and, and a grizzly bear, um, like you're not you're not you're not running on that. So. That's uh, that. That's I think that's where I'll go. That's a very stout line that opens you up. You can do a lot of things structurally on the back end if you have a grizzly bear on the front. So uh, that's that's where I'm going. I don't even have to think about that, Steve. But I'm, I'm curious what, what what do you got? Um, I don't know if you ever saw that video of the kangaroo that had wrapped up a dog and was just holding <laughs> yeah. on for dear life until he got punched in the face. Man, yeah. that is a safety like through and through that can hold on and make a secure tackle because if you get punched in the face, you're getting like that guy's getting ejected. That can't happen in the NFL. You can't get punched in the face. So I want somebody and he's got some good jumping abilities and he's quick. So yeah, I'll take the kangaroo from that video all day long. I think that would yeah, be I'm curious what the range is on back end safety like that since he's hopping everywhere. But I, that yeah, that's breaking up a lot of passes, I think. I like that. Yeah, securing tackles, not letting people break through, you know. Like mm-hmm. yeah, solid, solid. Um, all right. And then we've got a couple more questions before we end. We had Another from Brian Hartstad. With the pack, <coughs> excuse me, with the Packers scheduled to play their first across the pond game across the pond, what would you say is the best and worst things about being a Packer fan? 
Food question, three favorite pizza toppings, and what topping should be outlawed? I'd say um, best thing. So the way I took this was uh, kind of a selling point to people, you know, maybe watching football again across the pond and they're looking for a team to cheer for. And what's the case for them? I mean, there's, there's multiple ways you go with this. I think the selling point I always go with is it's the Packers are not, and unless something changes drastically, will never be owned by a single owner. And we see how some of this stuff changes. You get relocations, you get uh, flying by the whim of your, uh, of your owner that then that that affects your football decisions you get stuff like the Steelers just renamed their their field this past year because of or it well I mean three year, three years forever ago then it was Heinz which people liked I guess I don't know and now I don't even know what the name of the new stadium is because another stadium bought the rights well that's probably never going to happen in Green Bay it, only if they fall on desperate times it was a publicly owned team I know people rag on the you know the piece of paper and fans calling themselves owners and all that stuff. But there's something to that. That's the only professional sports team uh, that is that is owned that way, and which means you're not at the whim of a single owner. That's just as I'm going to do this. I have more money's here. I need a new stadium. I need this and this and this. So um, for me, that's, I mean, that's the big one. There's, there's a ton of tradition because of that. You can kind of draw on as well the history of the Packers and going back to, you know, 1919 and early days of the league and all of that early history, you get to draw on that and just some, Tremendous plays, uh, tremendous. You know, you got two Super Bowl wins recently. You got the very first one. The trophy is named after the first or the head coach, uh, you know, Vince Lombardi, that won that. And so there's a ton of history tied into the league, tied into the Packers. So you've got that. Um, I mean, and the worst thing about being a Packers fan, man, it's the same thing as being any sports fan. You're just gonna get your heart broken. It's gonna be real bad. You're, it's gonna be like a you're, lot. You're, a whole lot, and it's going to be awful. Like every sports fan deals with that to some extent. You know, whether you're going through the slog of like an 0 16 season, which is its own special, miserable heartbreak, or if you're, you know, getting to the championship game and then you're losing on a terrible play. Like, I'm not going to mention what happened this past year. Like, it's just any sports fan, if you're invested enough, man, it's going to break your heart. So I don't think it's any different in Green Bay than it is anywhere else. Um, but sometimes it feels like it is. So uh, those are, those are my those are my selling points. And my I mean I've been you know a fan for a very long time. I never lived up there. Uh, the good far outweighs the bad. So uh, if you're thinking about it, jump on board, man. It's a unique franchise with unique ownership and, and a ton of history to draw on, um, and a ton of just amazing content creators as well. If you want to learn anything about the Packers, there's a thousand people doing good stuff, and that, that's true of a lot of teams. But I feel like it's that there's a lot more Packers fans doing very good and very unique things than, than from what I've seen across the league, which is which is amazing. Um, and let's see, food question, three favorite pizza toppings. So my three favorite, I'll go relatively basic. Give me pepperoni, well-cooked pepperoni, like where it's kind of burnt on the edge, like Donato's. Uh, crispy bacon, the crispy bacon bit pieces. And uh, I don't know, I'll just go banana peppers because I love banana peppers, like good banana peppers on a pizza. Big, big fan of that. Um, what should be outlawed? Uh, just I'm going anchovies. I'm pretty open to most pizza toppings. Anchovies, the whole pizza then just tastes like anchovies, and then everything I eat for the next three days tastes like anchovies. So yeah, just and I lock. Can you lock up anchovies in prison? If you can lock up anchovies in prison, you should you should lock them up. I mean, if you've lo- if you watch Stranger Things, like that looks like a that thing that's in the prison in Russia looks like a massive just deformed anchovy. I would say. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. Yeah. The demachovy. Yeah. Yeah. The demachovy. <laughs> <laughs> okay now we're gonna get hired by netflix for uh for content writing for, i like they're, looking, they're doing spinoffs steve they're doing spinoffs is all i'm saying man 
if they make one called Demichovi, I don't know. I think we have a case to sue them. I think that's different. Uh, okay, what would I say is the best and worst things about the Packers fan being a Packers fan? I, I was I made a joke earlier with Dusty when we were talking about this before was that I was going to answer the same thing for both and say Packers Twitter. So the best thing and the worst thing about Packers is Packers Twitter. But I'm going to morph the best thing into just the community because. Um, you know, there, there's some negative stuff, but there's going to be that with all fan bases. But this community of people that, that I've met that we've all interacted with on Twitter and met in real life and gone to games with and just like the outpouring of support when something happens for somebody is just, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's something I never would have ever imagined before starting this podcast that I would make these type of friends and, and have these relationships. But I mean, it's, it's prevalent in my life and that's a really, really cool thing. So if you're invested in that community that it will invest in you and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. So I will say being one of the worst things is it can get pretty dark here as well (laughs) Uh, on a regular (laughs) basis. So, and then three favorite pizza toppings, I would say I'm normally like a, like, pepperoni and sausage or like a meat you know the meat lovers pizza that's always a go-to for me and then i would say an underrated one is actually grilled chicken oh yeah oh yeah grilled chicken and cheese pizza like that can be a really good just a plain and simple one and then topping that should be outlawed i'm just gonna go with mushrooms because that's just not something i'm a fan of i don't like fungus i'm not a fan of putting that on my food and i know dusty loves it so i wanted to annoy him so mm-hmm. figured I'd just go that Thanks. way yeah that's what, that's what we do now I was gonna say this. Um, he did three favorite pizza toppings. What are your like favorite? You know, if you go to any pizza place, they already have like pre-made pizzas of like you know a buffalo chicken or a, you know chicken bacon ranch or whatever. Are there any favorite like pizza type that you have? Yeah, buffalo chicken. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like it's hit and miss at places, and, and they'll do it different. I think that's why. Like, there's a uh, we got a mellow mushroom in town. And they'll put like strips of bacon on it along with it. That's just incredible. So, uh, I'm I'm always down for buffalo chicken, the chicken bacon ranch. Uh, I'm a big fan of as well. But I think those are those might be a couple of the big ones. Actually, okay. you named both of them. But I, I think any more like if I'm going somewhere and I get one pizza, it's it's the buffalo chicken. Just because it's they're all different enough. I just I want to see what it's like, and I've never had a bad one. Yeah, they're good. Uh, obviously, you know, one of my answers is going to be breakfast pizza, so I'll, I'll do that one every day. But um, if you guys have toppers around you, they have one called the Loaded Tatsa Pizza. So it's got, uh, like, nacho cheese sauce and bacon crumbles and all sorts of stuff, but it's also got um, tater tot crowns on top of Ooh. it. Oh, Ooh. yeah, okay. it's good. It is really I don't think we have one of those, but I'll have to take a look. Yeah, so that's definitely one one to take a look at. And then we got one last question. We've got that from uh, Harry, who had asked a question, I believe, last week, and he was a little upset with himself. He couldn't believe that he forgot a football question last time. Um, but to go kind of unique, he wants to um, – thinking of NFL team names, Eagles, Steelers, Bengals, etc. what team would you most uh, and least – want to meet in the wild so we took that as like fight right yeah yeah i immediately went to fight yeah and then food question what's your favorite barbecue style kansas dry rub or southern saucy style have a great day so let's start who do you want to who do you least and most want to fight as an nfl team (laughs) like the most is gonna be fun uh least um i think i least want to fight I don't know, man. Like, I th- probably, a, probably a Bengal tiger. Uh, 
Yeah. Like it's it's tough because there's a lot of different ones you can go with. But I feel like a tiger, the way they you – know, lions are kind of lazy. Uh, they can kind of <laughs> – football game as well, I guess. Um, but they can, they can, you know, the way they stalk and they can attack. We were watching um, uh, RRR, which is a Hindi movie on uh, on Netflix. And there's a big, like, tiger stalking scene on there. And, like, I don't want that in my life. I want no part of that. So keep the Bengal tigers away from me. Uh, most want to fight, Steve. This was, this was, you come up with this and, like, there's not, because you, you've got, you're looking through this and you're like, I don't know, man, tigers, I got the buffalo and there's always the, the buffalo are goring people lately and, and I have dolphins, but if I have to be on their turf, like, dolphins can kill sharks and stuff like that. And then we, we got to New Orleans, like, probably, <laughs> that's probably, a saint. Probably be the saint, I guess. So, that, I mean, out of everything else. Well, the other option was, like, the small dog from Cleveland. <laughs> So yeah, we're either beating yeah. a saint or beating a dog, and like, yeah, do, I, do I want to fight like a Viking or a saint? Like, well, uh, I got a better so chance of living when I'm fighting the saint. Listen, and I'm I'm not gonna walk up on on a saint and be like, let's let's do this. But but if, <laughs> if someone comes to play, man, uh, and it's a saint, like I could I could take him. So, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> I feel terrible myself. What, what yeah, no, that's, understand, that's understandable. That, I felt bad when I came up with the answer, but I mean, it was perfect. Like we were scrolling through and I was like, I could beat a saint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as one I'd least like to feel, like I kind of struggled, but I think I'm going to end up in the AFC West kind of double down. But number one, I wouldn't want to fight the chargers because like that's lightning bolts. I don't want to fight lightning bolts. There's no way in hell I'm going to win. And all I'm going to do is get electrocuted left, right. And the other ones, like maybe you can get lucky and land a punch, but like you don't beat lightning bolts. <laughs> I mean, the other one I think of is Las Vegas Raiders. And like, all you think about is like those creepy dudes that get up at four in the morning, put all the makeup on and then have spikes on their shoulder pads. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to mess with that, man. Mm-hmm. Like they beat each other up in the parking lots already. I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was that. And then your favorite kind of barbecue. Oh, um, lately I've been dry rub, man. Um, like when, when I do it here at the house, cause I've not, I've not gone out and got it too much, but, uh, when I do it at the house, I'll, I'll, I'll look up different recipes for rubs and I'll make my own rub and do that. And I just, I don't know, man, I'm a big, big fan of the texture, big fan of the, the way the taste is. That's, that's where I've been leaning lately is just dry okay. rub. Yeah. I think I'm pretty much the same way unless I'm making ribs, then, you know, got to have yeah. the sauce on top of those. So a good dry rub can go a long way, but still got to have a little bit of sauce. Well, uh, buddy, that's going to do it. We, I think we actually yes. kept it somewhat quick this time. Ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, we're looking good. Yeah. This is amazing. Look at us. I'm very proud right. of you. Yeah. See, Sarah is the one that takes us off schedule. This is, this is yeah, what we, no, we have officially identified what the problem is. I've often said that. I've often said that. <laughs> All right. Well, you have any closing thoughts for us? Uh, yeah. I mean, a couple I got. Uh, so I didn't write anything yet for Packer Report this week. I'm maybe going to do that. We've got to see. I've got some work has been nuts, so we'll see. Um, but uh, today over on Cheesehead TV, I need to get it posted tonight so that you will be able to see it. Uh, <laughs> but we've got um, – I'm looking at uh, the concept of going through different passing concepts and kind of talking through them and seeing how the Packers did with them. And so this week is going to be the Dagger concept, which is a two-man concept. Packers used a lot. This was the uh, – Big completion to Devontae Adams against the Niners in week three. Uh, that kind of helped set up that field goal. The first big completion, the one over the uh, the fingertips of Fred Warner, that was Dagger. So I'm looking at Dagger and then two main variations, which is the middle read variation and their cross-country look, which is kind of like a, a Y cross look. So kind of get into 
you know, a bunch of cutups on there. It's a little slapdash. I, I, I still don't have like a standard way I'm doing it. Some of it I'm just looking at how they did with it overall. And then I know some of them like the middle read, I looked at how they do with it on third down because they're very effective with that on third down. So kind of talk through the mechanics of it, a little bit of where it came from, and then we get to see a whole bunch of cutups of it. So that'll be up today over on Cheesehead TV. And then I guess the other thing I have is just uh, yesterday, uh, two, so it was Tuesday, uh, the Football Outsiders Almanac came out. It's always one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, Football Outsiders has long been one of my favorite sites. Uh, and so if you're looking for a lot of good information, you get a preview for, you kind of get what happened last year, get a whole bunch of their advanced stats, and then their preview for this year with a whole bunch of kind of stats and predictions and forecasts and what changed and what didn't and who did well and what they expect. Uh, it's a tremendous reference, um, you know, the personnel groupings and stuff in there as well. It's something I look forward to every year. So that came out yesterday. Uh, so if you've never checked that out, do yourself a favor and, and check that out this year. But, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, my final thoughts. Cool. Yeah, I don't really have too much. Just uh, slow time this season. We did. Uh, I did confirm though. We're we're going to have Matt Schneidman on at some point this off season. So that'll be really cool. We're excited about that. Try to get a couple other things. We're going to still do our fan our fan episode in July as well. So uh, if you haven't submitted that submission, check uh, Sarah's Sarah's Twitter feed. There's a link for a Google Doc on there. So fill that out. We'd love to have you guys on the one of these episodes soon. So um, so yeah. Thank you guys for listening, as always, uh, in, in the interactions on Twitter. Make sure you're following us at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller, for at Steve Pratt, at Packet Day Podcast. That will do it for this week. And uh, as always, go Pack Go! Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.